Oh, start us off, fake Sean. Once, Once again, again, somehow, you're, you're listening, listening to the podcast that dares not speak its name with your, your benighted, benighted host, Rish Outfield. And fake Sean Connery. <clears throat> hey, folks. Happy Halloween. Obviously, this is not dropping on Halloween. I don't know why I said Happy Halloween, except for the fact that it is Halloween Day. All the kids left town early this morning, so there's no trick-or-treating. And there was very little trick-or-treating anyway. I have a Patreon address to edit, and I was going to watch some TV tonight. And yet, I'm here I am, podcasting. And it is because, sadly... The day that I hoped would not arrive for a long time has arrived. And real Sean Connery passed away today. Thomas Sean Connery was born on August 25th, 1930 in Edinburgh, Scotland. He died October 31st, 2020 at age 90. Natural causes, I suppose. I mean, Blofeld is not suspected. Now, this is not the first podcast that I have recorded for this purpose. A couple of years ago, I thought that it was going to happen, and so I wanted to be ready for it. I wanted to have an episode in the can so that I could put it out in a timely fashion. And um, let's flash back to that recording, and then I'll meet you on the other side. Hey there, Rish Outfield here. I'm recording this in April 2018. I've expressed this before on the show, but uh, from time to time, I think about Sean Connery. When you're lying in bed. (laughs) Sorry, too soon. I think about him, and I think about his health, and I think that he's an old man, and will probably not be around much longer. So Sean Connery is 87, going on 88, and my dad died 10 years younger than that. And so, you know, every day is a little bit more, wow, Connery's still around. That's surprising. And I always wonder, what am I going to do when he dies? Because so much of my show, I, I don't know how much of my show depends on Connery and this impression that I do. But it seems like it's considerable. You know, I guess I could talk about how hard I worked trying to learn to do that impression. And once I did it, once I had it, I would do it a lot. And people would say, well, I'll do that. And I've I've sort of joked around. um, Sometimes when I do, uh, I see I'm trying to work and talk at the same time. I can't do it. I, I can't. My mind just does not work that way. Uh, one time when I was in college, there was this song by The Refreshments that came out, and in it, it goes, I was never cool enough to get a job in a record store. Uh, and for some reason, that stuck with me. It was like, ooh, that's where cool people work. <laughs> and uh, there was a record store just a mile from campus, And I bought so many CDs there. Just if you recall, 
in the days before the MP3, how big a deal CDs were, for me at least. Anyhow, I dropped off my application, and on the application, you know, when it said, like, special skills, I put, you know, that I spoke Spanish. Uh, I spoke it quite well back in those days, not anymore. And that I do a great Sean Connery impression. Anyway, I got called back for an interview. And uh, we went in the back room of the record store. And the guy that was uh, doing the hiring, he was the owner. Uh, he did the interview and, and uh, his name was Brad. And, you know, he just asked me about my experience or whatever. And then he said, well, hey, here, I, look, the thing is, a lot of students want to work here. And we tend to hire people who are really cool or girls who are really pretty. There's, there are people that want to work here, and why not pick the best? And the reason I called you in here is because on Special Skills you wrote that you, that you do a great Sean Connery impression. And I just, I, I mentioned that to my wife, and I was like, I got to get this guy in here just to hear it. And in retrospect, he could easily have just asked me to do it over the phone. But he didn't. He, he called me in for the interview, and, and, and at the interview was over, he said, can I hear it? And I said, you want to get Capone? Here's how you do it. He pulls a knife. You pull a gun. He puts one of your men in the hospital. You put one of his in the morgue. That's the Chicago way. And that's how you get Capone. And Brad it was just like, wow, that you are hired. And that was it. I got the uh, job based on the strength of that impression. I guess I just, I, I wanted to share that. You know, this will not come out until the real Sean Connery is gone. And um, I, I think it, that's going to touch a lot of people. Connery was... Uh, you know, he was the kind of movie star that they don't make anymore, if you know what I mean. I mean, I imagine that there will be criticism when he goes, because, you know, he is emblematic of the the masculine stereotype, the man's man. It's, you know, you, you're not supposed to be anymore. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's one of those things where all people's flaws evaporate the, the second that they pass away. But, uh, you know, I, I became aware of Connery toward the end of his career. You know, he was, he already appeared to be an old man, even if he wasn't. But he was born in 1930. So in the 80s, when I found out who Sean Connery was, you know, he was in his 50s, right? And because he had lost his hair and he stopped wearing a piece by this point. After uh, Never Say Never Again, we saw a lot more bald Sean Connery. Although, you know, they, they'd still put a piece on him in like The Rock or First Night, you know, that kind of stuff. But he seemed like an old man then. Um, and, and, you know, he in, in the 90s, he had sort of this career resurgence. And maybe it started in the 80s with Untouchables. He got an Oscar for that. And I want to say that around that time is when People magazine named him Sexiest Man Alive. 
you know, and for a middle-aged, bald man to be touted as that, that's quite an achievement. And, and, and somewhere so, I, I read that People magazine voted him the sexiest man of the 20th century. And that's just amazing in a way. But there was a cocksuredness, if that's a word. There was a confidence that almost reached bluster level, uh, but didn't quite. It just it stopped sh- just short of where that confidence becomes braggadocio and, and it's no longer appealing. I feel like the Han Solo character has a lot of that, where it's just, you know, Han was, was real self-assured. And every once in a while, you'd see that veneer crack a little bit, where he's just like, you know, don't worry, she'll hold together. And then he says it to the, the ship, hear me, baby, hold together. I mean, that was for the audience's benefit. But it also serves to humanize the guy. And I, I feel like that's kind of what Connery was, was to me. You know, he seemed sophisticated, but also rugged, unafraid to get dirty, to get down into it. You know, as, as you look at the Bonds and Roger Moore was much more of a gentleman Brosnan, Pierce Brosnan was more of a gentleman, you know, he he was smooth and a lot of the things that he did were effortless. But you look at Connery and you look at um, Timothy Dalton and they were a little bit more scrapper, James Bonds. And, you know, that just that could be my interpretation. It could be that after a dozen years with Roger Moore as that part, Dalton decided to make more of a mean spirited, you know, just a little harsher bond. You know, Connery's bond was, I don't want to say unflappable, but he he didn't wear his heart on his sleeve. He was a little bit, maybe it was colder. And when Connery declined to return for On Her Majesty's Secret Service, uh, I think he just wanted too much money or it was in, he and the Broccoli's didn't quite get along at that point, and they decided to uh, recast, Lazenby gets a really bad rap because he only did the one, and he sort of shot himself in the foot because I I can't remember what Connery wanted. But let's say it was a million dollars to be James Bond in Honor Majesty's Secret Service, and uh, Cubby... Broccoli said, no, what, what are you talking about? That's, that's crazy. Nobody gets paid a million dollars. These were British-made movies, too. They, I don't believe they were American-financed. So it just, you know, it just seemed like a, an expenditure that was unrealistic. And then Lazenby did his movie, and whether it was from advice from his agent or whether he just, you know, he... he got too big for his britches too quickly, he demanded a huge paycheck for the next one. And I think the next one was always going to be Diamonds Are Forever. But Eon Productions decided, well, you know, if he's demanding this kind of money, we might as well just get Connery back and pay him that money rather than 
rather than Lazenby, because Lazenby was, he was a model more than he was an actor. And he was Australian. He didn't quite have the acting chops that Connery did, uh, especially by this point, because Connery had done four of these, five of these, you know, Bond movies. And so they, they got Connery back for one last one and paid him what he wanted. And it was much more successful than Honor Majesty's Secret Service, so they were able to feel like, you know, they got their money's worth. But you see a vulnerability in James Bond, a humanness in Honor Majesty's Secret Service that is absent in the other five and six James Bond movies when you count Diamonds Are Forever. And I always wondered how Connery would have sold that bond in Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Because in that movie, so he goes undercover to this, to make a long story short, there's this health spa where all these women from all sorts of different countries go for treatment. And it's a brainwashing operation run by Blofeld. And Bond ends up falling in love with this girl, Tracy. Uh, I mean, he falls hard, and they get married at the end of the movie, and Blofeld arrives, and in an attempt to kill Bond, he kills Tracy. And then the movie ends with Bond holding Tracy's body in his arms, saying... Uh, we have all the time in the world. That was a through line in the movie, is that they they would say that. You know, it's like, but I just met you. And it's like, oh, well, we have all the time in the world. And there's a, the theme song of Honor Majesty's Secret Service was a Louis Armstrong song, We Have All the Time in the World. Anyhow, he cries at the end of the movie, the the new Bond, and... It's a, just a different side than we've ever seen to that character. And uh, they immediately drop George Lazenby from the part. And he goes back to the Bond that we knew before. And that makes that 1968 film kind of a... It makes it kind of an outlier. It makes it a sore thumb. It just doesn't feel the, the same as the other Bond films. And there is one of the openings, one of the cold opens of a later film, a Roger Moore film, uh, that begins at the grave of Tracy Bond. So, you know, they do recognize that this happened in the canon of the Bond films. But I just, I would like to have seen how Connery would have showed that this was different. His feelings for this woman were different. That this is a Bond whose veneer of casual violence and promiscuity, uh, it, the veneer cracks. Uh, but we'll never know. You'll never know. No, sorry. We'll never know what the movie series would have looked like had Lazenby continued in the part. And we'll never know what on Her Majesty's Secret Service would have looked like with Connery in the part. The fact that the series can continue 
with a new actor, with a Roger Moore or a Brosnan or Daniel Craig in the part, and they continue to be successful, is a testament to the power of the character and the, the genre rather than the actor. Although I think there will probably be people who tell you that Honor Majesty's Secret Service didn't do so well because it didn't have Connery in it, or will tell you that uh, License to Kill didn't do well because it had Timothy Dalton in it. But Living Daylights and Honor Majesty's Secret Service actually did quite well. I'm, I'm sorry, this was supposed to be about Sean Connery. I, I, yeah, I think this was a mistake. I just thought, oh, if I recorded something while he was still alive, we'd get a different episode. You know, I, I thought I got the idea that maybe I'll do four episodes when he dies and in each one I'll do a song and I would end each episode with, well, should we retire fake Sean Connery? I'm going to do four of these and at the end of the fourth episode, I'll let you know if I'm going to let him go or not. I don't know. It was an idea. Maybe not a great one. But but Connery is a great one. Um, he's going to be remembered as one of the greats of the 20th century and you know, one of the actors, the movie stars that are beloved, that people still remember with affection years and years after he's gone. In the same way that James Dean does or Marilyn Monroe does. So often these actors who die young stay young forever, and that's part of their appeal, especially with James Dean's appeal. But, you know, we, we saw Connery get old, and, you know, he retired from the film business earlier than he had to, but he maintained his dignity and his presence in films, even, you know, when he was in his 70s. And that's unique. That's impressive. So let's let's do a song now, huh? Everybody loves the things you do. From the way you talk to the way you move. Everybody here is watching you Cause you feel like home You're like a dream come true But if by chance you're here alone Can I have a moment Before I go Cause I've been by myself all night long Hoping you're someone I used to know You look like a movie You sound like a song My God, this reminds me Of when we were young Let me photograph you in this light In case this is the last time That we might be exactly like we were before we realized We were scared of getting old It made us restless It was just like a movie 
It was just like a song I was so scared to face my fears Cause nobody told me That you'd be here And I swore you'd moved overseas Well that's what you said When you left me You still look like a movie You still sound like a song My God, it reminds me Of when we were young Let me photograph you in this light In case this is the last time That we might be exactly like we were Before we realized We were scared of getting old It made us restless It was just like a movie It was just like a song When we were young When we were young When we were young When we were young It's hard to win me back Everything just takes me back To when you were there To when you were there And a part of me keeps holding on Just in case it hasn't gone I guess I still care Do you still care? It was just like a movie It was just like a song My God, this reminds me Of when we were young I kind of blew it there, didn't I? Oh well, you don't get a second take Let me photograph you in this light In case this is the last time That we might be exactly like we were Before we realized We were scared of getting old It made us restless I'm so mad I'm getting old It makes me reckless It was just like a movie was just like a song when we were young. So that was When We Were Young by Adele. A couple years back, a few years now, I guess, Abigail Hilton <coughs> put out a story collection from her Panamandora universe called When We Were Young. And I'm fairly certain she didn't know that there was an Adele song called that. And so thinking that it would impress her or amuse her or delight her in some way, I had Fake Sean do that song. And I never released it. As far as I can remember, I never released it on the Outcast because it's just such a sad song of hers Let me photograph you in this light in case it is the last time that we might be exactly like we were before we realized we were scared of getting old 
or sad of getting old. Sad doesn't make any sense to me. It made us restless. It was just like a movie. It was just like a song. that, That seems like a song that she would have written for funerals. And so I'm putting that out there. Oh, th- by the way, this is Rish again in 2020. The very And that's all I recorded back in, it said April of 2018. I said that, that this wasn't the first time. This is actually not the second time that I've done this either. There is a recording from December of 2018 uh, that I made for this purpose of the real Sean Connery being gone. And it's been nice to have people contact me about it and to have so many people remembering him and doing tributes to him uh, because of the icon that he was. Marshall Latham called today and he said, hey, let's do a review of a Connery movie uh, next on our podcast. And uh, we will, probably before this comes out, we will record that. I... Had a friend named Rhett, and he really loved Highlander. It was his favorite movie, 1986's Highlander, and I had never seen it. And uh, he, uh, we had a friend in common named Kyle, and Kyle loved Highlander as well. And he had like a recording of it off of HBO, or in those days you could rent a video cassette and dupe it. You could make a copy of the video cassette, and we went over and we watched Highlander with Kyle and. I think for a little while, I said that was my favorite movie, too. I just was delighted by Connery in that movie. My friend Rhett would quote the movie. He would say, why does the sun come up? Or the stars just pinholes in the curtain of night. He said it so much that I tried to do it as Sean Connery. I I learned those lines and I said, why does the sun come up? Or the stars just pinholes in the curtain of night. Who knows? But I, what I know is because you were born different, people will hate you, fear you, try to drive you away, like the people of your village. Ah! And Rhett would have me say that whenever we'd get together for like the whole summer, and he would provide the ah! at the end of that quote, Anyway, it made me feel really good. He would always say, hey, 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 do the Connery thing. Uh, he had me memorize the, uh, the, the opening narration, you know, um, from the dawn of time we came, moving silently through the centuries. And it just, it stuck. I started to do the, the impression, like I mentioned a couple years back. The character of fake Sean Connery, you know, he's my co-host on this show. And I always have him do the creative commons. And um, I just really, really enjoy that character. Um, and of course, it owes a lot to Daryl Hammond's impression on Saturday Night Live. Uh, I didn't think Hammond's voice sounded like Connery. But his just his, his, his sophomoric mean-spiritedness on that show was just really, really fun. And and it's weird that we've gotten a second musical episode in the same year as my Valentine's Day Spectacular. But, you know, who knew? This was supposed to happen a couple years ago. 
Not that I wanted it to, but I just, I had this feeling that it would. And that's why I had recorded those other things. Let me play that other recording. This one's from December 2018. Hey there, this is Rish, uh, and I have been sick. Uh, when you do a lot of coughing or you do um, the sore throat thing, it tends to mess your voice up. So this is not an optimal time for me to do a song. But in honor of Sean Connery, I thought I would do it anyway. I thought, I, I thought that my voice would, that the condition of my voice would actually contribute to the heartfeltness of, you know, just w what a big deal. The real Sean Connery and, and then fake Sean has been to me. It's weird, but there are weirder things to become emotional about. So I'm gonna go ahead and do the song. This was a song that was popular at the end of 2018, the very end, uh, December. I heard this song and my nephew uh, knew it and I was jealous that he knew it. I had never heard it before. I actually couldn't get it out of my head and so I did it as fake Sean Connery just to occupy myself while I was walking somewhere and here we are. This is a very morose piano version that we're going to do it with because it's sadder. Enjoy. All right, we're going to do fake Sean Connery, happier, take, what, a hundred? Lately, I've been thinking. I want you to be happier. I want you to be happier. When the morning comes, when we see what we've become, in the cold light of day, we're a flame in the wind, not the fire that we've begun. Every argument, every word we can't take back. Cause with all that has happened, I think that we both know the way the story ends. Then only for a minute, I want to change my mind. Cause this just don't feel right to me. I wanna raise your spirits. I want to see you smile, but, but no, that means I'll have to leave. No, that means I'll have to leave. Lately, I've been, I've been thinking, I want you to be happier, I want you to be happier. When the evening falls and I'm left there with my thoughts, when the image of you being with someone else, well, it's eating me up inside. But we run our course, we pretend that we're okay. Now if we jump together, at least we can swim far away from the wreck we made. Then only for a minute, I want to change my mind. Cause this just don't feel right to me. I want to raise your spirits. I want to see you smile, but no, that means I'll have to leave. 
lately I've been, I've been thinking I want you to be happier I want you to be happier But only for a minute I want to change my mind Cause this just don't feel right to me And I want to raise your spirit I want to see you smile But no, that means I'll have to leave No, that means I'll have to leave So I'll go I'll go, I will go, 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 I will go, I'll go, I will go, go, go. Lately I've been, I've been thinking, I want you to be happier, I want you to be happier. Even though I might not like this, I think that you'll be happier, and I want you to be happier. Then only for a minute, I want to change my mind. Cause this just don't feel right to me I wanna raise your spirits I want to see you smile But no, that means I'll have to leave So I'll go, I'll go, go, go That's kind of nice, right? And yeah, I, I, that was a song that my nephew really, really liked. He uh, started writing with me when I would go to the store. He would want to go to Walmart. He would want to go to Target. It was a song that came on the radio, and he's like, don't change it. Don't. I love this song. And Tom Tancredi flew me up to Chicago that in December, and it was right after I learned this song, and so I recorded it for the podcast, and then promptly forgot it. I don't hear that song anymore. I I think it was Marshmallow that released it, but I I can't remember. It's weird, because I guess it was a pretty big hit. Maybe just not on the radio stations that I listened to. In In the earlier recording, I asked myself, do I retire the character of fake Sean Connery? You know, in the two years since I made that, since I asked that musical question... I created an Instagram page for fake Sean Connery. And like every week or two, I would, rec- I would create a video of fake Sean giving inspirational advice. It started with him saying, you know, you are enough. You know, you are you and you are special and there's no one like you. And part of it was just that I, I was trying to be positive in my life and somebody had made me feel alive and I wanted people who were lonely or people who were depressed or feeling hopeless uh, to maybe be amused by that. There weren't all that many people that discovered the fake Sean Connery Instagram page. Uh, In fact, it had been so long since I had recorded a video today 
that um, my phone no longer had the login. Um, it just thought that was somebody else. And maybe Big will repost it on Facebook and I'll, I'll start getting subscri subscribers again. Anyway, I have decided that I'm going to keep fake Sean Connery around. He may get phased out. He may. But right now, I don't have any plans to phase him out. It's, it's just fun to have him make fun of me or have him do the, the license. And I'm able to make fun of the show and make fun of myself so that it doesn't hurt so badly when other people do it. It's a defense mechanism, and for that, I am grateful to fake Sean Connery. I, we're not really here to talk about the fake one, but in my mind, they're kind of linked. Just the man was uh, a, a hero to me. He was somebody that I just, I really admired and loved. And uh, I got his autograph, ostensibly, a few years back, uh, around the time that I started to worry that he would die um, he stopped making public appearances. He retired after A League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, and he wouldn't come back for Indiana Jones 4. Uh, the only way you could get his autograph anymore would be to go to one of his public appearances in Scotland. And um, somebody had gotten his autograph at a golf tournament uh, in Glasgow or, or Edinburgh, and uh, they put that up for sale on eBay and I bid on it. And it was one of those where I had like a set amount that I was willing to pay that was reasonable. And right before the end of the auction, the, the amount went over that. And at the last possible second, I was like, screw it. I want that. And that's, you know, if you're a seller on eBay, that's what you live for is somebody that does that, that has a ceiling. And then at the last minute they say, no, I don't care about the ceiling. I have to have that. And so it is framed on my wall. And, um, you know, it's got like a certificate of authenticity, but anybody can make one of those. I don't know. It's time for one more song. And then I guess I'll let you go your way and enjoy. There are places I'll remember all my life. Though some have changed, some forever, not for better. Some have gone and some remain. All these places have their moments. With lovers and friends, I still can recall. Some are dead, and some are living. In my life, I've loved them all. But of all these friends and lovers, there is no one compares with you. And these memories lose their meaning. Love is something new. Though I know I'll never lose affection for people and things that went before. 
I know I'll often stop and think about them. In my life, I'll love you more. Okay, well, you, right now you're thinking one of two things. One is, wow, Rish, your Sean Connery impression suddenly got really, really good. What did you do differently? And the production values in that one, woo. Or you're saying, that's not fake Sean Connery at all, is it? And it's not. That is Sean Connery singing <laughs> in my life. It's from a tribute album to George Martin the producer of the Beatles' music, with weird people doing the covers. Like Jim Carrey was one of the, the singers on their Robin Williams, uh, Billy Connolly. Oh, well, Phil Collins did one. That's a, uh, a musician. But it was funny. I remember when I first heard that, liking it, but also thinking, well, he's just speaking the words while the music... I mean, he's not playing, he's not singing, but we know he can sing from Darby O'Gill and the Little People. She's my dear, my darling one, her eyes so sparkly, full of fun. No other, no other can match the likes of her. But I just found it amusing that Connery just basically reads it like a poem and then it's set to music. So... I, I, I don't remember what the song was, but it was a late 90s uh, Disney Channel sex song. So it was like Baby One More Time or more likely it was Genie in, the, in a Bottle was playing on the radio. That song exudes so much sex that you can get an STD from listening to it, the Christina Aguilera song. And I remember hearing it on the radio and um, I mean, yeah, it's 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 a it's a straight shot to Boner Town, and I did it as Sean Connery singing it. If you want to be with me, baby, there's a price to pay. I'm a genie in a bottle. You've got to rub me the right way. If you want to be with me, I can make your wish come true. I'm sorry. I just, I, that's how, that's where fake Sean Connery started with the music. It was me just doing that. And then, yeah, I, I can't think of what the first song I recorded him doing it was. But it might have been the Kelly Clarkson song. The one that goes, yeah, yeah. That really bothers, the yeah, yeah still bothers me all these years later. Now I do, do what I want since you've been gone. I don't know, though, what it was. But I just had so much fun doing those songs as Connery. And the character sort of arose out of that, of him insulting me. And again, it's a defense mechanism. It's just like, hey, you don't like my singing. Nobody can make fun of me like I can. And... Um, when I first did it, they would always start out with him just speaking the words. It, the first verse would just be him speaking because that was what he did in, in my life. Um, but I don't really do that anymore. It's just more fun to sing. And 
I don't know if the songs will stop now. There's still one more song that I recorded. Actually, there's a couple that I never put out. But there's one that I recorded just this year that I intended to put out before the end of the year. And we'll see if I can find a place for it. But um, the real Sean Connery will be missed. I wish that he hadn't retired as early as he did. I wish that he'd had a better experience on that last movie. Had he accepted the role of Gandalf in The Lord of the Rings, I don't know what would have happened when it came time to make those Hobbit movies. They may have recast, or Peter Jackson may have convinced him to not be retired. And uh, and also, uh, the reason Connery took the part in League of Extraordinary Gentlemen was because he was trying to make up for passing on Gandalf. He wanted something that his grandchildren, I guess, could appreciate. I don't even know if he has grandchildren. That would have been so different to see him as Gandalf. Do not be too eager to deal out death and judgment. Even the very wise cannot see all ends. My heart tells me that Gollum has some part to play yet, for good or ill, before this is over. We'll never know. But uh, I felt like I needed to do an episode, or, or three, right? Uh, yeah, it was weird. I, I, in listening to what I recorded in 2018, I had intended to do four episodes, one a week. And in each episode, I was going to talk about some aspect of Sean Connery and do a song. And I can see why I would want to do that, because I could get something out like immediately, like the day that he died, the day after he died. Uh, But I'm not going to do that now. It's all going to just be a long episode. And of course, you know, because you've reached the end. I'm going to give you one more song here, but I hope you have enjoyed the character that I've been doing, and I hope that you feel like it was a loving tribute. Because yes, I was a big fan, and um, it put a bit of a pall over my Halloween to have him taken from us today. But that's okay, because every day is Halloween, as long as I keep it in my heart. Thank you for listening. You can always support me on Patreon, Do you want to do it, Fake Sean? No, you're doing fine. Right, but, I mean, you have a way. You have a way about you. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. But I know know that that I can't can't live live without you. you. Well, that's good. I would appreciate it if you supported me on Patreon. And uh, so would Fake Sean Connery. Thank you for listening. This has been Rich Outfield. And this has been... Fake Sean Connery. And if you'd like to support him on Patreon, go to, um, what's the address? Can't you remember? I wrote it down so I wouldn't have to remember. (laughs) www.patreon.com forward slash Rish Outfield. Thank you. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. This was produced under a Creative Commons Attribution No Derivatives 3.0 license. That sounds crazy too, I realise. 
but it means that you may copy and download the files, free of charge, but it does not belong to you. Hence, you cannot charge for it or alter it for your own purposes. Good night. Music started. Fake Arnold. I... It's been seven hours and fifteen days. Uh-huh. Since you took your love away. Has it? Uh, you've been watching the clock? No. I go out every night and sleep all day. Since you took your love away. So are you trying to make me jealous? Is is that it? What's well, not worth Since you've been gone, I can do whatever I want. I, I suppose that's true. I can see whomever I choose. Well, you will anyway. <laughs> I can eat my dinner in a fancy restaurant. Right. But nothing... I said nothing can take away these blues Cause nothing compares Nothing compares to you Be nice if we could get fake Arnold in here some way I have to say, myself uh, It's been so lonely without you here Yes? Like a bird without a song. Ah. La, 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 la. Is that a tear in your eye? Nothing can stop these lonely tears from falling. Tell me, baby, where did I go wrong? Well, I have a list here. Starting with, uh, you ate in bed. I could put my arms around every boy I see. Could you now? But they'd only remind me of you. Oh, ah, that's unfortunate. I went to the doctor, and guess what he told me? What? What did he guess say? Guess what he told me? He said, girl, you better try to have fun no matter what you do. He called you a girl? But he's a tool, because nothing compares. Nothing compares to you. Wow, you've given me quite a lot to think about, lad. Huh. Yes, so have you. I, I was listening to the tone of your voice while you were singing and the, the way the light was hitting your bald head and I... Ugh, I'm not good with words. I, I, I'm more of a man of action. Yes, you certainly aren't good with words. I can't really vamp anymore. Let's just get to the lyrics, all right? All the flowers that you planted, Mama, in the backyard. They all died when you went away. I know that leaving with you, fake Sean, was sometimes hard. Well, let's... But I'm willing 
to give it another try. Nothing compares. Nothing compares to you. Nothing compares. Nothing compares to you. Together. Nothing, nothing compares. compares. Nothing compares to you. All right. I can do better. Wait, do you mean in the relationship or, or in the song? Oh, we're, we're all out of time. No one has known we were among you. Until now. <laughs>